What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Longo. This is the Inspired Creativity Podcast. And this is a very special Sunday edition of Coffee Talk. An interview edition, if you will, a chat with my first yoga teacher, Diana Vitarelli. And I wish I can sit here and say that this talk happened because we decided just to get together and record a podcast. But unfortunately, in this current day and age, with the fall of the guru that I've been talking about for a while now, a book was recently put out about Yogi Bhajan. And as you know, he brought Kundalini Yoga to the States. I teach Kundalini Yoga. I've always felt as if I was the misfit kid in the Kundalini Yoga world because I did not adopt the Sikh traditions. No offense to anybody out there that did. God bless you. It just didn't resonate with me. The technology, the practice, the teachings is what I've connected with, not the idea of having to become a Sikh or wrapping my head in a turban or wearing white or following that. That did not resonate with me. And thank God for my parents, because I totally feel that my parents gave me this strength to follow my own path, to find what I connect with and go with that and not blindly follow along, not follow the trail, not follow the group, but instead do what I feel, do what I connect with, do me, live me, live my truth, live my Satnam, if you will. In the Kundalini tradition, we say Satnam. Satnam means truth is my identity. And I feel that I've been doing that, and it's because of them, because I saw their strength when my parents left the Catholic Church to follow their faith. Do I agree with their faith, with what, with the way that they practice? No, but that is their practice. And who am I to say what is right for them is right for me, or what is right for me is what is right for them? Not at all. And I think that is kind of where this all leads to, that we're, we are in this space. I, I also been talking about this a lot that humans we are evolving we are moving up in consciousness we're ascending and the time of the guru is dead my friends it's over even if you are following a guru right now i highly suggest you start asking yourself questions do i really need this person to act like a godlike figure or point me or direct me with my life or can you believe in yourself enough and realize that you have everything inside of you? And I feel if you look around, the fall of the guru is happening. And now we can add Yogi Bhajan to the list of guru spiritual teachers that have done some messed up things. And, you know, a book was just released by Prem Kahar a white bird in a golden cage, my life with Yogi Bhajan. And she makes some allegations in there. I was at uh, a gathering yesterday with other Kundalini yoga teachers in the, in the Philadelphia area. And huge shout out to Mahan Rishi Singh Khalsa and his wife nearby for holding this event and having the space and the courage to actually say, yes, these allegations are true. And most likely there's going to be more allegations to come. So that's why 
me and Diana got together. We went to this this gathering together, and then we went back to her house and we had some snacks and we recorded a podcast about you know really just us connecting, reconnecting on our past, telling some stories of our past and classes that 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 we experienced together and some fun things that that happened in classes that I took with Diana, and then we discuss the events of the meeting and the book and our feelings on this. So moving forward, I'm going to say I love the technology of Kundalini Yoga. I love the practice of Kundalini Yoga. I truly believe that Yogi Bhajan brought this practice to the United States. I do not believe that he invented this practice. I do not believe that he got downloaded all of this information, this whole technology, and he brought it. I feel that he was taught this information, handed down from his teachers, from their teachers, and from their teachers. And I say this because in the Kundalini tradition, we tune in with a mantra, the Adi mantra, Ong Namo Gurudev Namo. And it's a calling out to all of our teachers and their teachers' teachers. And I apologize for the banging. My neighbor's doing some work on his house for like the last six months. So if you hear some banging, I apologize. Um, so with that in mind, I feel that the technology, the teachings are older than Yogi Bhajan. And I can separate Yogi Bhajan from the teachings, from the technology. And I am moving forward. Like I said, I never really followed along. And now even more so. I feel I have the freedom now to teach this technology the way that it gets channeled through me. That I can be my most authentic self. And I no longer have to worry about the 3HO organization saying, you have to only play our music. You can only do things this way. I've always thought that that was bullshit. And I will stand by that until the day that I die. That that is bullshit. Who are you to tell me what music I can play? Who are you to tell me how I can teach my class? Who are you to tell me how I can interpret these teachings? You're just another human being. What makes you different from me? What makes you better than me? What gives you the right to think that the information that I receive from God is different or not worthy enough to be interpreted my way to give to the people that come to my class? So with all of that being said, I'm super thankful for this technology. I'm thankful for the way that it has changed my life and it has helped me become a kind, loving, caring man. And it has helped me connect with my most authentic self. It's helped me every day to live my truth, to live my Satnam, and to know that I am connected to God, that God is within me, that there's no separation between me and God. There's no separation between me and you. We're all one giant, human, beautiful organism. We're all connected. We're all love. And it's unfortunate. And I want to send so much love and compassion to the people that were hurt by Yogi Bhajan. And to say that I stand with everyone that is bringing those allegations against Yogi Bhajan. I'm with all of those ladies. And I think 
what really needs to happen that if it was sexual assault it needs to come out that yes we can't just say he had sexual relations with his students if they were unwanted sexual relations with his students then that needs to come out as well and say that these were unwanted sexual relations and there is no sugarcoating it there is no sitting back and saying but look at all of the good that he did i'm sorry whatever good that he may have done that's great but i'm sorry the man needs to be taken off of anything related to this practice and that's just my feeling and in my world moving forward he no longer exists in this tradition it sucks and i my heart goes out to the people that have spent years with him and that had the rug pulled out from underneath them because of this i send you all love and compassion but this is just another example that the age of the guru is over. The age of us giving our power away to somebody else because they claim that they can teach you something or they can make you a better version of yourself is over, my friends. And for anyone that needs to hear this, if you are following a human being, throwing roses at the feet of these people, they're people, they're human, and most likely they have flaws. So, for my friends out there that are following those paths, if you need it, God bless you. But please be careful, be mindful, and keep your eyes open. I would hate to see the people that are in my life that I love that are following gurus get their heart broken like what is currently happening now with the people in the Kundalini tradition. And for the people that are still in this tradition that are out there throwing Yogi Bhajan quotes around and acting as if this didn't happen, especially the people that are in high places with massive audiences that are not acknowledging this, shame on you for not acknowledging it. Shame on you for putting yourself out there as a leader in this community and not stepping back and saying, holy shit. There were some messed up things that happened and we're looking into it. But to blindly continue to put out quotes by Yogi Bhajan and say things about our master teacher, that has to stop. It has to, because we cannot keep saying things and putting things out into the world that is coming from a sexual predator. And I'm sorry, that sounds so harsh, but if there were sexual advances that were unwanted happening to people and people were hurt, you can no longer do that. You just can't. But that's up to you. We're all on our own journey. And we have to live our truth. And whatever your truth looks like is your own truth. My truth is not your truth. Your truth is not my truth. We will all have to ultimately deal with this our own way. So before we move into the episode again, I send love and compassion to everyone that has been affected by this, by the people that have been assaulted, by the people that have had these horrible experiences and the people that have been hurt. I'm sorry. And I send love and compassion to all of you. And for the people that had the rug pulled out from them because their teacher has crumbled. I'm sorry for that heartbreak and that trauma that you're probably experiencing but just remember it's the teachings that matter not the teacher not the dress of the teacher not the person sitting on the stage 
It's the teachings. It's the technology. That's what matters. That's what's important. And now we need to move forward and figure out how do we remove this person from the teachings? Because we can't walk around and say, but he did so many great things. All of those great things are now gone due to his own actions. So enjoy this conversation with Diana Vitarelli. Diana also has her own podcast, 108 Reasons Not to Do Yoga. This is going to be like a shared episode. This will also be out on her podcast. I'm not sure how she'll edit it and put it together, but this is our conversation. It's a long one, so kick back. It's very informative. We joke, we talk, we address the issues that came up in this discussion about Yogi Bhajan and the Kundalini practice. It's informative. It's a little rough, maybe at some points, but it's the truth. And it's the truth that it has to come out. So grab a cup of coffee, maybe two. It's a long one. If you're interested in any of the events that I have going on, just head to my website, inspirecreatemanifest.com. You can find out where all of the workshops are happening. If you feel Diana and I have anything of value to say that, that you connect with and you feel other people should hear, please share this with your friends, put it out in the social world. And remember, my friends, be mindful, be careful. If you are giving your power to a guru, if you are following another human being, please be careful. Please be mindful. And please start realizing that everything that you need is within. You are your greatest teacher. Enjoy this episode. I will be back on Thursday talking with my good friend, David Hem. Until then, have a wonderful week, my friends. I love you all. Oh, excuse me. Ready? <laughs> are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. What's up, everybody? This is the Inspired Creativity Podcast, and this is such an exciting episode. I'm with Diana Vitarelli, my <laughs> first yoga teacher oh, my in goodness. all of the land. Wow. That is like one of the things I put on my <laughs> resume. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's yes. so great. Cause, and I joke, but I'm so serious, and I tell people that I used to be just like a jock bro dude. And then Amy was like, you have to come try this class. It's batshit crazy. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Because literally a couple of months before, I had taken a Shiva Das class. Mm-hmm. And Shiva, now, Shiva Das's classes are great. Mm-hmm. But at, in 2002, it was not a great class for me. It was not. It was so not fun. It wasn't a match. <laughs> we did not There's match a up. class for everyone. And everybody, <laughs> I remember like going in the side plank and all, because I was the only guy in class and all the ladies were just like, la, la, la. And I'm in side plank thinking I'm this big, strong man and my whole body is shaking. And I'm like, why? Why are all the ladies totally able to do this? Just floating. I They're just, yeah. yeah. And it hurt my ego. And at that time, I didn't realize that it was my ego, but it hurt my ego so much. Like, I'm never doing yoga again. It's obviously the class. Yes. Never yep. go back. <laughs> right. I'm, like, I'm never going back. And then you showed yeah. up. You showed up. And Amy uh, was like, you got to come try this. With something completely different. So different. Yeah. So different. Not a lot of side planks. No side planks at all. <laughs> and how I told you earlier, like you, I remember you saying, 
it's a fun class. It's a silly class. We practice with our eyes closed. And I instantly was like, oh, no one's going to see me. Mm. And then you're like, and the songs are fun and sing song. And if you want to sing along, you can sing. And I'd love to sing. And I'm like, I can sing? And no one's even going to know that I'm singing. Right. Because all of our eyes are closed. And like before we've, and then we rubbed our hands together and played with that energy. And I'm like, what is this? What is this orb? I'm Has magical. This been here? <laughs> Why didn't anybody tell me that I had magic in me? <laughs> and then the best part is after, and I literally, I say this in almost every one of my classes. And then after class, I looked at Amy and I was like, I didn't smoke any weed before class. And I am so stoned right now. Yeah. And that was it. I'm yeah. Like, I'll be back every Monday. <laughs> And was this the class that you threw up? No, that was later. Oh, okay. We can get to that story. (laughs) Yeah, Um, no, that's another thing I always tell people is that I haven't lost anyone yet, but I have had one person throw up because of class. So, but we we, we talked about it today as well. Um, I drank a lot the night before that class. (laughs) And I had a giant bowl of probably Fruit Loops before class. Milk. Yeah, milk, milk, oh. and a lot of beer the night before, and then a wicked kundalini class that oh. I held the gong for because the stand was broke. Right. So I held the gong, and then right after, so I didn't get a shavasana. Right. Because I was holding. You were the gong. holding the gong. And yeah. Then, Shaking, I'm sure. Oh, totally! And probably wanted to vomit as I was yeah. holding it, and then once everything ended, I just jet it into the bathroom wow wow yeah that's quite a story so there were a lot of things yeah that that that, that, that brought it up uh-huh uh-huh but you know it's like shamanic to just barf like that sometimes yes. too it's a definite purge of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all of the to things that i shouldn't have put in my body <laughs> oh my goodness well um a story i've told many times before but it bears repeating is my first kundalini class i passed out i fell over uh, we were in a kneeling position with our arms out to the sides at mm-hmm. shoulder height um, with our Saturn fingers pointed, making small circles, like two inch circles oh. backwards for what I found out later was 11 minutes. And I don't know what minute it was, but at some point I just poof, like fell over, I guess, because hitting the floor kind of like brought me back. Were you standing back. or, or kneeling, the, kneeling, kneeling? Kneeling. So it wasn't that far of a fall. <laughs> but but yeah, I I basically blacked out i don't want to you know i don't want to say it was like a blackout thing but there was a moment where things just went blip mm. yeah and everything like collapsed um and it was awesome <laughs> of course it was <laughs> and, you know for me that was like that was it that was like what i was after i had mm-hmm. been doing ashtanga for like eight years up to that and just almost getting there like almost getting that feeling like you know because like with ashtanga which i still do and love the best parts for me are like the moment after backbends the moment not Mm -hmm. like the minute but like right after when you come out and you're like you take that breath or like you know the moment after you release mari chasana d like so you know deep twist like a really deep twist you let it go and it's like something washes over you mm-hmm. and then like in just that moment for me in that kundalini class i got that feeling and it was like so accessible like you know like it's so hard in kundalini it just came to me but it's so hard in ashtanga you're like really contorting yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I'm working really, really hard for it. And it just, I guess it was the right place at the right time and the right practice for the right person in that moment that the yoga just delivered. It delivered that like, whoosh, like peace mm-hmm. for that. But everything shut down for the first time in my life. Right. So what took you from your stronger practice into a Kundalini practice? <laughs> Total accident. How how did that teacher didn't show up? (laughs) Yeah. Total accident. Accidente. (laughs) In Italian. Yeah. So I moved. I moved to a new city and Mm -hmm. I was just asking around, you know, where do you do yoga? Where are the yoga classes? And had tried a few places um, and somebody recommended that I go to this guy. I think his name was Amrit and this was in South Beach, Miami and he was teaching out of his apartment. So you just have to ring the buzzer and go it. But once you're in the apartment, you're in. So I walked in there. There's no getting out. No, it was like, oh my God, what have I walked into? I was like, ready to do Ashtanga, you know, like where do we set up for sun salutations? And Mm -hmm. none of that was clearly happening because there was like a guy in the front of the room with a turban on. There was a gong hanging up on like a stage area Mm -hmm. um, and furry rugs everywhere, you know, and I was in my tank top with my sticky mat feeling very out of place. (laughs) (laughs) But it turned out I was perfectly in place. Right. Yeah. And then that was it. He just sucked you in. That was my very first class. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, had classes there every day. So I was instantly hooked and I took as many classes as I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I tell people also in the beginning of class, I'm like, my goal is to send you to outer space, like <laughs> to literally get you so far out, but in, mm. you know, like, so just go with it. But that is my goal. To really give you an experience yeah of something that maybe you never ever experienced yeah and see what happens right and enjoy it yeah and it is trippy and like you said like you know you do kind of feel like like different in the sense of like is this what being high is like like you're all tingly and you know energized and and weird yeah. <laughs> afterwards yeah right and you're like lightheaded but uh-huh. you're not right but it's so delicious Mm -hmm. yeah I absolutely you know at that moment was like this is what I've been after this is what I've been after and that's what that's what I've been after ever since too Mm -hmm. that's yeah you keep chasing the dragon (laughs) not in the heroin kind of way right there are worse things to chase yeah exactly all right um yeah I just kept going back and I remember I still have the that like yellow book the kundalini book it's all falling apart now but it was like this super sweet introduction to all of it. Oh. And like there were a couple Kriyas in there. Was it the Shakti Karkalsa? Yeah. The flow of eternal power. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I still have that book. It's in pieces and stained because there's recipes in the back. Mm-hmm. Such a good book. She was I'll, part I'll link that of, in, the, uh, in the show notes. Yes, it is. It's a classic. I think used. it was used in my teacher training. Oh, really? She was part of my teacher training. Oh. That's what I was going to just say. Yeah, sorry to step on top no, of you, no, but that's no. why I got excited. Because, yeah, she was part of the, of the training. Really beautiful spirit and great teacher. Really sweet, really wise. Had been in it for a long time. And, yeah, and that book has amazing information. It's very simple. So simple. Yeah. It's like written probably for like a fourth grader. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's so, I remember reading like this is so easy to digest and it wasn't like scary. And I'm like, oh, there's recipes in the pack? What is this all about? <laughs> 
I'll try this. <laughs> I'll have this golden milk thing. Oh, yes. Golden so good. Milk. So good. Mm -hmm. So Diana and I today went to Mahan Rishi's. It's the Yardley Healing Arts Center. Yeah, I think it's Kundalini Yoga and Healing Arts Center of Yardley. Yeah. So there's some something like that drama in the Kundalini world mm. with good old Yogi Bhajan mm. doing inappropriate things. Yeah, yeah. And there was a discussion. That's why we're sitting on Diana's couch right now. Um, so we got together to go to be the misfit kids in the Kundalini world. Yeah. <laughs> we're the only. Um, People not in all white, uh -huh. I think, in the room. <laughs> yeah. To participate in the in the discussion. Mm. There was recently a book out. Do you remember her name? Premka. Premka. About her life and everything that has her experiences. And I know going into it, I did not feel I was not expecting what they said. Yeah. Uh, it was sobering for sure. It was um, not what I expected either, but because I didn't, I, I've been off Facebook for, for months now. So I didn't, I, I, I hadn't heard this crescendo of information come through this time. Mm -hmm. Now I had heard years ago some things about Yogi Bhajan that were uh, not great, you know, um, but it was more of like financial you know, things where it was just that kind of corruption right, right. and the business and how um, it was sort of, you know, you, everything was costing more and more, you know, to be part of the organization. It was sort of those, those kinds of things that I had heard. And then it all kind of seemed to fade away and I hadn't heard anything else. And, you know, meanwhile, I practice Kundalini Yoga. I teach Kundalini Yoga whenever I get the opportunity. Um, I it, I always feel like it's the juice in my practice. Mm -hmm. You know, like I will never stop doing Ashtanga. It does something for me that I, I really need. Um, but the Kundalini is what's made me like able to do things in life and also what has had more impact on my mental health mm -hmm. in a positive way. So, you know, it's it's very difficult to think about <laughs> the, that something so terrible has gone on in the midst of all this like healing that has gone on for me too. Now going into this today, I didn't know about the book. I didn't know about Premka's book. I didn't know about the accusations. Um, I thought when the email went out that this meeting was happening, that it might be about these kinds of things I had heard before, actually, mm -hmm. that it was just worse than I knew. And maybe money had been embezzled again or, you know, something like that was going to be let out. And then when you and I were in contact yesterday, I realized, no, that wasn't it. It was something I think, you know, much more salacious, unfortunately, much more sinister. So, um, I, you had sent me a link on Facebook, which <laughs> I haven't gone on. You told, you texted me and told me you sent a link. So I didn't even read that. And I didn't want to, I felt like I got the hit, you know, intuitively like, Oh boy, this is, this is different. And let me just go in there clean. So, um, I wanted to hear what they had to say and how they presented it. And, um, I was curious to whether they were really going to tell the story or if they were going to just kind of dance around it mm -hmm. and was um, both shocked and really grateful that very early on in this meeting that was happening that Mahan Rishi came out with the fact that it did it, happen. It did happen. It is absolutely true. 
um, that there was uh, there are people that can back up the story. So it's been corroborated by other people. It's you know not mm-hmm. not just a novel book. Right. Like these are factual events, and there might be more. Yes. Coming out. And I was really surprised by that, especially because he kind of started by saying, you know, I spent a lot of time with Yogi Bhajan. I was here. I was there. I didn't see anything. And then it switched. Instantly was like, but we started looking into it. And we realized that it is true. And that the stories are matching up. And these things did happen. And I was, honestly, I was really taken back because I was not expecting that. I really thought it was going to be like, we didn't see these things happen. We can't say these things happened. We don't know if these things happened. And this is how we're going to move forward. I did not expect what happened to happen. No, me neither. Me neither. Yeah, it was really shocking um, in the sense that like it was said, you know, so which is to their credit that they're Mm -hmm. able, you know, to hold that space. Um, but I guess not shocking in other ways because we know that these things happen, right. um, all too often. And, you know, there, there were other stories. I just didn't think it was of the sexual nature. Like I was really surprised to find out that he was a sexual predator in that sense. And that it's not just this isolated incident. Um, and it's unfortunate, I think for so many people, they kind of, um, have this image of him as a, a guide and a protector, mm-hmm. you know, so that's all shattered and, you know, everybody kind of has to process that. Um, and that's a little bit of what was going on in that room. I think, um, there was a point where, like I told you on the drive home, I just was sitting there listening to everyone and saying to myself, like, this is Nirbhakar and Maharishi's space. Be polite, be polite, keep your mouth shut polite because (laughs) i i didn't hear after after it was said Mm -hmm. um it was put out there that yes this is true um i didn't hear a lot of addressing it right going on um how did how did you take all of the statements a lot of people kind of said things afterwards i yeah I feel that a lot everyone I think is still reeling mm-hmm. from it and trying to process it. And I think there were some people in that room that were having a really hard time accepting it. Mm. Um and how do you move forward from it? But I don't think it was really addressed. I and and part of me feels like it should be like I've been, like I I even brought up saying like I feel these teachings are older than him. Like, he brought them here. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that he made these teachings. I just, I don't. Especially when there's some of the Kriyas, and it was like, Guru Nanak said this, or Guru Ram Das said this, that they came from those lineages of Sikh gurus. But again, that's just my interpretation. And I think that some people can't, like, you have, can you separate the art from the artist right you know and how do you do that how do you remove him especially as someone brought up how do you remove this this kundalini yoga as taught by yogi bhajan right 
Right. Well, and so here's the thing. Yeah. It's like, and John, my husband always says like, it's, it's not the method, it's the man. Like you have to remove the, the man from it. Like you don't have to remove the method. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a paraphrase from John. So <laughs> he can say it for himself, but yeah, like how, you know, I think a lot of people were grappling with, they were all teachers, I think in the room. Mm-hmm. So they're grappling with how do they continue teaching Kundalini yoga and feeling good about it? Right. Right. When now this has been exposed and we've all been saying Kundalini yoga as taught by Yogi Bhajan, except you. Everybody else has been saying that. I've always been the bad guy. Not the bad guy, but. Yeah. Uh, Renegade. Yes. (laughs) Just living my truth. Satnam. Satnam. But I think the thing that I struggle with, though, we were talking about earlier, it's like, you know, Yogi Bhajan would say, keep up and you'll be kept up. Mm -hmm. Now. I can say keep up and you'll be kept up, but I still know that he said it. Mm-hmm. And sure, he was human. He made mistakes. But part of me doesn't want to say Yogi Bhajan said anything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking, too. That's what I'm thinking, too. It's just like, just separate that out because the method is there. However, here's the thing that I would have liked to have tackled today, but it wasn't the right space. I think like, I think maybe their intention was to just give, give the information, you know, mm-hmm. and let people start to grapple with it. But what I feel like I, you know, I need to say, and I'll just say it right now is he was a sexual predator. Yeah. That was not said. And what, after it was stated that this is fact, he did do these things and there's more. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, we know that he has had sex with his students and that these people have, there's, you know, a power dynamic that was imbalanced. It's the classic corruption, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it's absolutely wrong. And there, there was a lot of talk in the room about, you know, like he was a human and we shouldn't have put him up on a pedestal and, you know, all of those kinds of things, which I think bypassed the fact that we all need to say the words and process the Mm -hmm. fact that he was a sexual predator. And as a woman, I feel like I need to say that, to speak that because it wasn't being spoken. And as a woman who has had these things happen to me, Mm -hmm. I know, you know, what that feels like (laughs) and to not say it doesn't make it go away and it doesn't allow us to actually heal. Right. It's going to continue the confusion and or make people wash their hands of it. Right. So. So how do we address that? <laughs> Outside of what you just said, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I mean, I'll tell you how the, my first instinct anyway is head on. Like we have to say, you know, we have to say this mm-hmm. stuff and, you know, and not say it like the way I was hearing it today was like, Okay, he did some bad things, but he did all these miracles too. Right. Like, no, look, I'm sorry. And, you know, somebody brought up cancel culture. Like, oh, there's this tendency now for people to just cancel somebody if something bad happens. And, you know, it's not, it's not cancel culture. <laughs> you know, like he can be a human who did good and bad things mm-hmm. on this earth, you know. But for me, in terms of being connected to the practice that I have, And this is not easy. I must extract him. There's no gray area there for me, you know? So that's one way Mm -hmm. to address it head on. And that doesn't 
take away from anything, you know, whatever. But it's he's got to be taken out of that practice. Right. That's absolutely not okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. And this might sound bad. <laughs> but whatever. But um, a friend, um, Amy Spicer, had suggested that I start teaching an online streaming class. And not even, and before she didn't, didn't even know about any of this. And she's like, but you shouldn't call it yoga or anything. You should just call it an energy class to help people ascend. Mm. And I'm like, that's perfect, beautiful. Literally the next day is when I found out about everything. And because I had this struggle, like, well, how am I going to do this? How am I going to teach this practice, but not call it this? And then I have this thing on the back of my head, like someone's going to say, Joe, you're not allowed to do that. Mm. You know, we're right, like, right, right. you can't, you can't do it. Like you're not, you know, it doesn't follow the certification, whatever, uh-huh. whatever. But I had that. And then literally the next day when this came out, it felt like, there was this weight lifted and I'm like, Oh, you know what? I can do whatever. I can do anything. Yeah. I can call it whatever I want. I can do whatever I want because yeah. the teachings are older than him. Mm-hmm. I, and again, I feel that way. Right. Like, I don't feel that he came up with these Kriyas. I, I, I think he, I, agree. I think he brought them here. Yeah. Um, and when I, and that's why I like part of me feels bad by saying that, but I also feel like this weight has been lifted. Yeah. Like I can truly start sharing this practice yeah. the way that I feel I should share it yeah. without, worrying what 3HO is going to say or KRI or any of these organizations (laughs) are going to say like, no, you're not allowed to do that. Or having to say to your students like, look, I'm not in white, but you're supposed to be wearing white to give all these kind of like preludes to Right. (laughs) And now you're like, this is it. We're going to move our body. We're going to connect to our energy. I'm going to help you connect your superpowers. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. That's where we are right now. Yeah. Yeah. and I do, like we were talking earlier, I think the age of the guru is just, it's not relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. Like we've evolved, we have ascended, we've, mm-hmm. we've been moving up in consciousness. And I think the more that you can connect to yourself, you can start to connect to your higher self mm-hmm. to then connect to that true teacher, which is the guru. And it's so funny because like all of these things that I know came from these teachings, you know, like yeah. the guru, G-U-R-U. Yeah. You know, not some dude. <laughs> like, you're the guru. Gee, yeah. <laughs> right? After all. And it, it it's interesting because I feel as if part of his teaching was teaching us this. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of fucked up in that's a way. Right. That's why it's such a hard lesson. That's why it's such a hard lesson. It's like he was talking yeah. about himself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there were so many people there today who told stories about knowing him and their great experiences with him. And I know that's really hard to let go of, you know, but you can't mix that into the conversation of he was a predator. Like these things happened, you know, like for me, like I said, there's no gray area. And I I did meet him twice. Mm -hmm. He was part of the teacher training that I did and he was older than um and p- probably sick at that point i know he had a lot of kidney difficulty towards the end of his life because it was almost like he was kind of almost carried in i, I feel like mm-hmm. he was like on a chair of some kind this was a long time ago yeah i remember seeing like the older videos and it was just like there was like was, a recliner yes always in. exactly it was like a big chair and a big yeah. guy but i can i mean i could say to you like you know he taught this amazing class and i did I had this amazing class and i got nothing but like 
grandpa energy mm-hmm. off of it. You know what I mean? There was nothing right. weird. I mean, I could tell you all that, but it's like, it, you know, the whole thing of like, believe her. Like you, you have to go into that space. I think in this day and age, you you just yeah. and it's been corroborated. Like it's you know this this is true. So um, you know I don't I didn't feel the need today to interrupt what it seemed to be their goal. You know by by saying all of this in right. that space and upsetting everyone any more than they were already upset. Clearly, people were were tearing up and it was a little emotional at certain points, and I felt like people were struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so but that was why in my head I just kept saying to myself, "Be polite, be polite." You know, it's funny that you say <laughs> you, you can. I literally well, I said that to probably. Five people yesterday. I was like, I just want to make sure that I, I like that I'm polite, that I'm kind, that I don't say anything. Yeah. You know, out of not you know mean. Like I didn't want to be mean. Right. But I also you know have this like, and I've been on this kick, especially on the podcast. So like, stop giving your power away. Yeah. Stop. Like, stop giving your power to other people because they're just human, and things like this will happen. Right. You know, and sure, he did great things. There are a lot of people that do great things and are assholes. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And the more you lift these people up, they're just going to fall. Absolutely. Because we're human. All of us, too. Uh, yeah, it's not even exactly. just like the yoga teachers and the celebrities and whatever. It's like, you know, it's it's everybody. Yeah. You yeah. create these expectations. I've that... let tons of people down. Oh, same. <laughs> and we're human. Like, yeah. that's the thing. It's like, uh, like, that's just what we do as humans. Like, we're, yeah. we're, we're filled with f- flaws. Yeah. But we also have to, we can't put someone out there and be like, they're the master. But you're the master, too, if you yeah. allow yourself to get there. Because mm-hmm. that person that is a master, yeah. or who, you know, you think may be a master, was, was you as well one mm-hmm. day. You know, like, they... They're the same exact thing you are. Right. You know? And what if, like, somebody said today, too, you know, where were the people around him? Why was why didn't anyone step in? You know, why didn't anyone say anything? And that's something, too, I think, to think about in this day and age. Like, if you see something, say something. Right. We've got to, like, step in and say something as early as possible. Because I think these people that end up doing these things, they show signs early on. And they're damaged like something's wrong and nobody's asking them because they are in charge the one Mm -hmm. got it together helping everyone else no one says to them early on what are you okay what's going on like do you need help you need to take time off i'm seeing this and this this and this people are afraid you know, to say something. Right, and maybe people did say something. Ooh, maybe. And just, you know, kind of got kicked out or pushed aside or asked to leave. You know, we don't oh, know. Yeah. And maybe these things will, yeah. will you know, come out. You know, someone yeah. that did try to say something and asked, you know, to leave. Right, or like they said um, this in Premka's book, uh, I forget the title of the book, but P-R-E-M-K-A was her name. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's White Bird Locked in a Golden Cage. White Bird Locked in a Golden Cage. Oh, um, God, that's like very metaphorical. Right. It's beautiful. Um, they said she tried to leave. She left mm-hmm. and then wanted to come back, you know. So I guess she did 
say something. She did leave and then kind of lost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, I haven't read the book, but that's a danger. That's why people don't say anything. But I think it's you have to risk that. You're going to be fine. You well, know? Right. But it's you, like your whole when your whole world collapses yeah, yeah. around you and then there's You're no You're not one. fine. Yeah. In you the know, moment. And be like, dude. Like, this guy did some messed up shit to me, mm-hmm. and you're not believing me. Right. You know? Like, and maybe I'm crazy. You don't know, yeah. like, how hard that is to be in that place. I was in that place once. Um, I had a job with a guy who was a boss. My boss was sexually harassing me. I was in a city. I didn't have any family or close friends. I had just moved there for the job. Um, so I was very vulnerable. Um, I took it and dodged it. You dodge it. You you know, you laugh it off. You get yourself out of situations. But people had seen it. Like, people knew what was going on. I reported it and found out immediately. They were like, yeah, well, yeah, he does this all the time. Like, you know, they had lots of reports mm-hmm. on file. And they were like, you know, it's just kind of the way he is. And I was like, what are you talking about, you know? And then there was another woman who was, like, really trying to make a case about it as well. And the two of us, like, thought, okay, there's two of us. Surely they're going to do something mm-hmm. about it. No. <laughs> they asked us to leave. They offered us money and kept the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they do. And I had friends who had witnessed him blocking me up against walls and things like that, you know, um, who I was like, you know, if you could just say what you saw. And they, they were like, oh, well, uh, I, I'm not sure what I saw. I'm like, what are you talking about? You were right there. Mm-hmm. Right. But they were afraid to say something because they would have lost their job or yep. whatever and gotten blacklisted from that industry and so yeah and that's I, I think that's unfortunately just part of the american way mm. like there was literally just an article out about our country needs people to go to the streets to start protesting to say this is what is happening with our government is not right yeah and we need to take care of it before it gets out of control and we will not take to the streets right we're afraid to go out in the streets right if i go out on the street well well, can we do it? <laughs> oh, sorry. My doggy. Roshi just woke up. He says, go, go. He does. Get go to the streets. Take it to the streets. Get it to the streets. Okay. But if I go to the streets, well, well I have to work. Okay. And if I don't go to work, then yeah. I'll have to take a sick day. And then I'll lose a day. And what if my employer finds out that I was protesting and then I can lose right. my job? You know what I mean? Like, we've been put in this cycle of fear yeah. that we're trapped and we can't even stand up for ourselves and yeah. say, it's 2020. The president should not be acting like oh this. Gosh. Neither should any of the government. Like, we should say, oh, yeah. right, everything he did was against the law. But these men have no backbones and are afraid to stand up for themselves because how are they going to get right. elected? Right. Again? And everything he did that they proved that was against the law isn't even close to the horrible things that he does all the time. Right, exactly. Like that crime for me doesn't even compare to the crime of making fun of a disabled person. Well, again, making, and all of his like, sexual predator things oh as well. God, how many cases? Exactly. You know, so that and, was nothing. Right. That was nothing, you know, compared to all the other crimes, stealing from charities and all. Yeah, you're right. We should be in the streets and, you know, but like it, it's that same thing of like, well, I'm not sure what I saw. Right. Should I? Yeah. It's like we've literally have gotten beat down. Yeah. And I got to tell you, as a mom, I am. Oh, this is probably 
I know there are lots of people that go out and do things anyway, but I'm scared to go to like protest rallies, marches and things because I need to be home when my kid comes home that like I need to be here for my daughter. Like and I I have a little bit of fear that there's going to be violence, mm-hmm. shooting or something like that. And I'm not going to come home to my daughter because I went to a rally. Right. And like I think about that and I'm like, is it worth it? Like there's, you know, and that's a whole thing that's been set in place as well. Right. Like put the guns out there to keep the people <laughs> at home, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a really interesting environment. Mm-hmm. That we're in. But it's like things like this. I think that it's like things are going to keep falling. People are going to keep falling. Yeah. And unfortunately it's like most humans, like the only way we turn around is when we hit rock bottom. And I, I mean, I have, I want to always be positive not toxic positive for all of you people out there that will say (laughs) something about toxic positivity. Um, But I think like we're heading to that space where it's just going to, like we are going to fall so hard Mm -hmm. as a country, as a society that we're going to look around and be like, wow, we are at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. Yeah. Now we need to figure out how to, how to get back. If we can get back, if it's not too late. Yeah. Or not back, but get forward because all of the great empires have fallen. Like all the great civilization, Mm -hmm. you know, chunks of civilization have all been the greatest while they were around and everything was, and then crashed Yep. and gone. I mean, you know, we don't even think about like the Mayans and everything. Like they were top of the heap at some point. Right. <laughs> and again, it's be... like you, if you don't learn from your history, you just repeat it. Mm-hmm. And even though it's 2020 and we have all of this technology, we're still letting the people that are in charge be that you take advantage and just blindly, you know, we kind of just like, oh, what did they say on the news today? Okay. Oh, the economy is good. Is it? Is it? Really? I mean... You know, like, where do you live? Just because they say the economy is good, are you seeing it anywhere? I mean, have you done your taxes? Right, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like, come on, people. I shared a thing today about just, you know, uh, people need to understand what democratic socialism is. And it just means you're not getting free stuff. You're getting what you paid for in your taxes. Mm-hmm. And someone commented, was like, why can't you just buy it yourself? And I'm like, oh my God. You, it was like, literally, your comment just made my head explode. Yeah. I know. I think it's a lot of people who have always had like a nine to five, you know, jobby job like that, who, and have never gotten sick or lost that job for whatever reason. Because to them, like, it doesn't even make sense that you don't have insurance or something. You know what I mean? It doesn't even right, make sense. Right, but they don't even they're understand that they're, not, they're pa- yeah. that they're paying they're for the rich for people. It. Yeah, yeah. And no, it's totally don't. cool. Like, it's cool that we, we, we pay for war. It's cool that Jeff Bezos, the richest man on the planet, pays no taxes. Mm-hmm, right. And he gets everything for free, Wh- even though he doesn't have I to. I completely stopped ordering from Amazon. That I, don't, I have not ordered. <laughs> <laughs> I completely stopped. Like, you think you can't stop, especially if you have a kid or something. Right, just, right. Easy, fast. Oh, I found it cheap or whatever, you know, and then you start doing it and you think you have to. Uh uh-uh, uh, you don't. I completely cut it cold turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, inspiration from John's mom, who is like hardcore about that whole like they don't pay taxes thing. Why am I buying from them? Right. You can buy anything you want direct from the seller, right. by the way. <laughs> you don't have to go. You're just your... not going to get it the next day. Yeah, it's fine. It's totally fine. Or if you need it that day, you can literally do this radical thing of going to a store right. and getting it with no box, no packing materials. <laughs> you don't even need a bag. 
bag. Bring your own bag. And you've right. got your thing. There you go. Instant. <laughs> Instant gratification. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> welcome to the future. Where are those flying cars? <laughs> yeah. It's so, but I do, with all of that, and I know that I feel like this may have took a turn um, for this, you know, whatever mm-hmm. negativity, but I do feel that people are waking up. Yeah. And then there's this wave of people that are, um, for lack of a better word, ascending and like tapping yeah. into their their superpowers and like are becoming more intuitive and becoming more aware. Like, yeah. And there's more people out there that are on like a, a stage that isn't your typical television stage, you know, that are doing podcasts that are waking up mm-hmm. men that are doing, you know, writing books and doing things that you wouldn't see before happening in a, in a larger scale. So I think it like there's this like this really shittiness, but also there's a lot of good stuff that's happening. Yeah. It's just like can the good beat the evil? It has to reach you know? critical mass. Yeah. I mean, we need so much good. Like we need way more than the bad. You know, cuz we had a student this week um who was talking about um how like the the this was hard to hear but it was brilliant the way he spoke about it um was that so often the most vicious competitor whoever it is that side wins mm-hmm. because they're so vicious yeah they're so vicious there don't even need to be that many of them because they'll just gut everyone they don't care where like our side cares even about you know, the yeah. children of the vicious people, at least. Right, right, right exactly. <laughs> I... And so it sort of like weakens our position. This guy, you know, made this whole case that just, I hadn't thought about it that way, you know, but that's why I, I think now, like, there need, need to be so many of us. Like, it has to be a critical mass mm-hmm. of goodness. Right. You know, because it's going to be tough to beat. And the thing is, uh, I feel that, and I've said this for years, that the educational system has just been dumbing people down mm. and teaching you to follow along. And the people that are getting taken advantage of so much don't even realize that they're getting taken advantage of right. because they're being sold this story and they're just buying it up and not even thinking like, wait, wait, what they're telling me through that magical box on my stand over there is not what I'm seeing yeah. around me. Right. You know, there should be no reason that the minimum wage is not increased in a decade. But to say that the economy is booming, then why do you have five jobs to survive? Right. You know, like it doesn't add up. Or to say that, that there there have been more jobs created. Have there been? <laughs> or have there been more part-time jobs created? So now everyone's working five jobs because they have to. Exactly. You know, and it's like this this disinformation and just the people just and I'm, and I don't want to call people dumb. We'll say unaware, <laughs> right? Are just not aware. Yeah. That well, to your point about schooling, maybe they weren't taught you know critical thinking, which I'm not the best debater. Were you taught critical anyways, thinking in no, school? I know. No, I was that's not. what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> like we were. Yeah, if anything, we were kind of told what was right. Mm-hmm. And that was just what you regurgitated. Right. So, yeah, you know. You told what to read, what to study, how to take your test. Mm-hmm. Don't ask questions about why. Just keep following along. And then, you know, you go to college and it's the same thing. Yeah. And then that way you know how to listen to your boss when you have a job. Mm-hmm. You don't want to question your boss. Right. 
Yeah, don't say anything. It's no. dangerous. You, you might. You it's just the whole circle. Yep. Again. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, like again, the circle it back around. Like, see something, say something. Yeah. Like you know, with this too, it's like we sh- we should be out there. And that's the thing. I mean, people just have to realize they're infinite creative beings. We're all infinite creative beings. Yeah. And if we can realize that and tap into it and stop being scared mm-hmm. of what's going to happen, what's going to happen, it might suck for a little bit, but it'll get better. Right. And that's the same thing with this Yogi Bhajan thing. I feel like it's like, it's, yes, it's scary and it might suck for a little bit, but let's face it head on. Right. Exactly. You like know. just rip the bandaid off. Let's do this and move past it mm-hmm. instead of like oh well we're gonna investigate and look into it for a year and let people just be confused <laughs> yeah about what is happening a lot like, of just people are just out. gonna walk away from it all mm-hmm. you know what i mean they're just gonna walk away from all of the, even the beneficial stuff if you wait like that so right. you know and it's just a mudra for no fear when you put your hand up <laughs> you know when you put your hand up in front of you with your palm facing forward and it's like that's the it's like when you take an oath too because you should have no fear when you take an oath you tell the truth and the truth will set you free you know that's i i you know aspire to channel more of this because i know that my limitations in terms of inspiring and manifesting you know like Mm -hmm. the work that you do they're also based in that place of fear like i said like sometimes i'm afraid to go to things because i think there might be a shooting or you know sometimes i'm just afraid to accept things into my life because i think i don't deserve it or you know i'm afraid to um have like money for example because i never haven't had an example of money being happiness Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you have to change so, the paradigm yeah right? yeah and unravel the fears to get to the place where with that critical mass we can overcome mm-hmm. whatever it is on a global level societal level and personal level that is very strong yeah <laughs> but keeping keeping us from going on to that next stage that you're talking about Right. of evolution and I think when I say you know the people won't take to the streets like you you have a good reason you know you have a family you have a, a you know a young child that needs a mom but remember not that you remember or I remember because we weren't alive but in the 60s college kids took to the streets they didn't take this shit yeah and I mean if I was in college right now I would be up in arms with the cost of college and just that and knowing that you know the college tuition is what it costs and your college tuition is the only thing that can't be claimed when you file for bankruptcy and the interest rate of your but college loans exactly yeah. <laughs> are through the roof and yet everyone is still you have to go to college if you want to be successful you mm-hmm. better go get that college degree yeah so you get trapped right well nowadays you have to you have to get that master's too by well, the of way course. by the way right, <laughs> yeah so you four can't years, do anything with your four-year degree. exactly yeah. that's just right. something because then so. you're gonna work a minimum wage job right or so five, yeah. It's, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, Being back in college, I'm dealing with all of this. Oh, right, right. you are back in <laughs> yes. college, so oh, you know. Yeah. yeah, paying for credits and going very slow right now because we're paying as as I go, um, so that I don't have to get a loan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started out pursuing a psychology degree, and then 
came to find out through the help of a really great advisor that what I really should be doing is getting a master's degree. So now I've been taking like these um, basic psychology courses that I probably needed to take anyway, prerequisite wise. Mm -hmm. And also it has helped to get me back in the academic frame of mind, which is really different than the yoga frame of mind. Mm -hmm. So I've got my like test taking confidence up a little bit and textbook reading ability, you know, up a little bit and everything. So now I'm in the process of applying for a master's degree, which is super expensive. Uh I mean, like, a thousand dollars or more a credit yeah a uh, uh, credit not yep. even a class mm-hmm. yeah yeah so going i'm going through the whole financial aid process right now and i'm looking at it like what like how am i gonna do this how am i gonna pay this back right and think about that you're a grown woman right with like some knowledge about actual life you know so think of like a 19 year old 20-year-old, 21-year-old, and they're just like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And then you go meet your financial aid officer, and you're not... I mean, our minds aren't even fully developed when we're that young. Making that decision. And then you go and you make that decision that, Mm. oh, right, sure, I'll spend $200,000 on this because it's what I'm supposed to have a master's degree, and I'm going to get this job. Right. And the interest rate is ridiculous. Yeah. It's not like, oh, yeah, you're just going to, you know, whatever, it's interest-free. Right. Like, no, like you're going to end up paying like 400 grand back. Right. And you're 20 and you're clueless on life. Mm -hmm. And you don't even know what you want to do. And you're buying other stuff. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) On top of your... (laughs) Right. So you don't even understand what you're getting yourself into. It's, it literally is a trap. It is. It's a trap. Yeah. And yet... Here I sit, <laughs> applying for this master's program. Well, right. But at least, like, your brain is finally full of developed, and you're like, right, I can, I like... I don't know. Someone can... beg to differ. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm working on it. I can look at things, you know, like, make a rational decision. Yeah. I don't know if really, you know... I'll tell you what I'm, what, why I am pursuing this. Because having been a yoga teacher for about 25 years now, Mm -hmm. I feel like, uh, especially with the Kundalini yoga practice, a lot of emotions come up in class and people have all these feelings, experience, whether they're laughing or crying. Um, And then you kind of just at the end of class go later, you know, go home and deal with it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and I want to be a bridge in between those two places. Like I've seen that so many times Mm-hmm. And I want to really provide more than just like, yeah, here's a way to bring up all your feelings. Right. But how to properly process them as well. So yeah. that's that, that's my goal. That's, that's why I'm, I'm doing my the, the life coaching yes. training. Because like I can woo the shit out of people. Right. I can tell you all the woo-woo spiritualness. <laughs> but what if I had some actual psychology techniques, yes. you know, on positive psychology to back up my woo-woo, you're an infinite creative being. Yeah. What if I can actually ask you the right questions so you can start realizing that you really are that infinite creative mm-hmm. being? Exactly. And that was the real reason to do it. Because I was like, because we were like, you don't have to be certified to be a life coach. I'm like, I know I don't have to, but I would like to have some knowledge yeah. 
of this. Totally. You know, so I can actually be like, no, no, this is science here. Bingo. You know, because this is, I even this heard is the somebody... science behind <laughs> yeah. why we're doing this. I heard somebody today try to say science and they're like, there's science that this stuff is incredible. That's a quote from today. I yeah. memorized it there, because there was, there yeah, was. there's it's science. It's been scientifically proven that this is incredible. And I was like, what science um, experiment? You know, has they have been, been done. doing st- research so that, on Kirtan Kriya. That could make, but this, outside of that, yeah, but, the, <laughs> but that could prove that it's incredible. Like that's not a thing a scientist would say. That's really? not that's not <laughs> something you go through. So you know, so that's the other thing about psychology is it is a science, mm-hmm. and they're very much about like you don't talk about stuff if it hasn't been not just proven but replicated. Right. Um, so you know, I really that is something I look forward to as well is to being able to give people actual scientific facts and studies and figures and not just science that I kind of like have heard about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's metaphysical. Like, um, what'd you say? Woo woo science. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Woo woo science instead of the real thing. And when I first read, I remember reading the, 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 this first thing about positive psychology and about appreciative inquiry and all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the woo of science. Mm. Like it's so, but it's science. It like science. they, yeah. they figured Positive this out. Psychology. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God, Yeah. this is great. Mm-hmm. You know, because I can be the spiritual woo woo person, but I can also say, all right, let's look at a time in your life when you really were kicking ass mm-hmm. and how that affects your brain. And then when you tap into that, how you can keep manifesting because now you've remembered that you did kick ass at one time. Right. And you don't suck. You're just going through a bad phase. Yeah. But you remember when you really did kick ass. Okay. And then you bring it all together. And then you start seeing change in people. But we don't celebrate our successes the way we should. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, good job. Um, what are you going to do next? Right. You know? Yeah. But if you are, like, not in a good place, we, like, kind of, like, stay there. Yeah. You know? In the shittiness, instead of really... Negative affect. It's a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Instead of connecting to all of the positive things and being like, right, connect to that time when you, like, I've been doing this a lot in class with manifesting because I think it, a lot of it comes to connecting to higher levels of emotion. So times in your life when you really had a high level of emotion. Okay. So if you think of when the rain was born. Yeah. How that, like, you're just like, I don't have a child, but from what I hear, that's one of the best things. Yeah. Like when your child is like newborn is like garden of eden for sure right yeah yeah now i had a pretty hard postpartum but when you first said that there's nothing i love my child more than anything she is the light of my life um but the happiest like when you said that the glimpse of myself i got was like when john and i got married you know which he'll be he'll he'll laugh when he hears that but (laughs) but like i could picture myself like that was that that was a flood of emotions and everything. Yeah, like I can picture that. Um, you know, it's funny with pregnancy and and giving birth. Like it can be a little right. Yeah, yeah, all over the <laughs> like, place. yeah a little all over the place. Exactly. Um, so it's like um, connecting the levels of emotion with our heart. So heart and brain coherence. Uh-huh. And you know, there's a little brain in our heart uh-huh. that remembers things. Yeah, neur- neuron neuron. What? Whatever those yeah. things are. Um, Science. So it's all connected. And if you can connect that emotion that your heart remembers yeah. to that higher level vibration that then 
can connect to the monkey mind, mm-hmm. then you can start creating magic. Uh-huh. You know, because you like you get all of it. And you're like, right, I'm here. Like, like your vibration is higher, and everything is is moving. But it's actually your real, like your your heart and your brain working together yeah. to tap into to your higher self in a way to tap into your superpowers, and then realizing, oh right, I I have the strength to hold my arms up in the air for 15 minutes. You know, and like it all starts coming together, but. We don't celebrate our successes enough, I yeah. don't think. No, I'm definitely, like, scared of doing that. And I feel like the times where I have gone into that space, like, something's happened afterwards that has, like, brought me way down. So, <laughs> 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 like, a little hesitation there. I um, have been thinking about this because, as I told you earlier, I've been reading this book, High Performing Habits. Uh-huh. So, I've been looking through it. I've been thinking about my life. Like, when was I a high performer? And what was going on in my life? Mm. And I look, I went all, all the way back to when I was in high school. Okay. And when I played football in high school and college. And I was good. And there was not a shadow of a doubt that I was good. You could say, Joe, you're not good. And I'm like, whatever. I know I'm awesome. Uh-huh. And that's just where I was. Because I felt it. And I knew it. Like, you couldn't tell me anything else. And it's like, can I connect to that emotion, to that feeling of that, like self-love in a way now in everything I do can I have that faith that I'm the best podcaster in the world Mm -hmm. and you can tell me Joe you're not (laughs) and I can say it doesn't matter what you think but I know I'm the best podcaster in the world which will then get me to be better every week because I want to be better because I'm believing in myself and that's the way it was when I played football I was like I knew that I was the best. And you could, if you even said I wasn't, that would make me want to be better. Right. And it would push me. But it's like having that pure belief in yourself, knowing that you can do it. You have to work. You have to put the work in. Yeah. You have to put inspired action out into life. But if you keep moving from that space of like that total self-confidence, yeah. then you'll just kick ass. Right. Like you'll become a high performer. But it's connecting all of the things with the emotions and really believing in yourself mm-hmm. and knowing that, like, sure, people are going to try to tear you down. But if I really, truly believe in myself, I can do whatever. Like, and I say this with my mom a lot because of all of the Jesus stuff. If I'm created in the image and likeness of God, then I'm God. So I can do God-like things. Yeah. I'm not saying worship me, but I'm saying I have all of those same powers. They've yeah. just been stripped from us to keep us under control. Right. So mm-hmm. we forget and have to do it over right. and over and over again. Exactly. <laughs> it's like because it's like you did it. good, and instead of celebrating, and it's like okay, now go on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Instead of like staying with that. I'm with you. Stuff. I um, hear what you're saying. In my manifestation class, I pretty much start by saying. What do you think your life would be like if you were handed to your parents and instead of saying you're a sinner, you better start repenting because pretty much every religion is that whatever you follow, it's like you suck. (laughs) You better start asking God for forgiveness and life is going to suck. Life is going to be hard and you're going to have to struggle and all that. Well, what if you're told you're an infinite creative being? You can do absolutely anything that you want to do if you do it. Mm -hmm. But if you do it. Like, how different life would be instead of this, you suck, you better go ask that priest for forgiveness. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, I think my kid is in an experiment in this. Like, look at her. She yeah. came, she chose two yogi parents. Like, you know, obviously she was already a yogi <laughs> and was looking to pick it right back up again. Mm-hmm. Day one, not like wait till she was 18 or something to find yoga, like a lot of us. She, you know, she's right. an experiment in this because we definitely instill that in her and we, t- we tell her all this stuff. You know, she is in on the conversations Mm -hmm. about, you know, spirituality and um, manifesting. And she's, you know, watching us practice yoga, meditate, talk about like all of these ancient books Mm -hmm. and incredible teachers and sing about them. And she's in on all of it, you know, and there's not a point where we have put that limit like there's something, you know. You did something bad, just right, right. just so you know. There's a way to make up for it. So here's what you did. And we never gave her any of that. Yeah, which <laughs> is know? awesome. Yeah. Do you know Kayleen Callen? Chunt mm. Golden Buddha Yoga. No, in I don't. Jersey? I don't know her, but so I had her on the podcast a couple months ago, and I used to teach at her studio in, when she had a studio on the main line. Mm-hmm. She's magic. Like, literally, she's magic. Wow. And she would tell people she was coming to my class. Not teaching the class. Coming to my class. And there would be 40 people in my class. Oh, my God. So when I had her on the podcast, I'm like, do you have to, like, what, how did this, how did this, how did this happen? How did you become this way? Because now she has this whole, like, retreat space in Mexico that she's building. Her studio in Jersey is awesome. Every time I see her, she's just, like, glowing. She is the golden Buddha. She is the golden Buddha. <laughs> and as soon as we started, she was like, I have to give all the credit to my parents because they never told me I couldn't do anything. They told me I can do anything. She was like, they didn't give me anything. They told me I can do anything I wanted to do. Wow. How are you going to do it? And she was like, they never discouraged me from anything. But they always like, if you want to do it, do it. How are you going to do it? Huh. But it was never, you can't do it. How are you going to do it? And she's like, I just took that, right? (laughs) And it made so much sense. I'm like, right. Like when you're like, like Lorraine, like when you're have that from when you're programming your supercomputer Mm -hmm. that you can do anything, you're going to be able to do anything. Mm -hmm. Sure. There might be some struggle, but I mean, I know the way, and not that my parents were like, life is going to suck, but growing up in Northeast PA, that was it. It was like. Life is supposed to be hard. Oh, Your yeah. job is supposed to suck. It's work. You're not supposed to like it. Right. Direct exactly. quote. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. But what? No, there's no logic in that. <laughs> but when that's ingrained in you from the from this big, mm-hmm. you know, of course you're going to think that. Yeah. And that's just what's expected. But yeah. if you can flip that switch... Yeah, sooner than later. Right. And now here we are in our 40s. And we're like, how do I reprogram the supercomputer? You know, it's a hack lot. Hack it, Joe. Right. We got to hack, hack it. it. We're hacking it. We're hacking it. That's what's happening. We're tapping into our superpowers <laughs> by using this Kundalini yoga as taught by whoever you want to say taught it. <laughs> taught your way. You know what's great about like what you said too about like now we can kind of do whatever we want? There have been so many times, and I'm sure. This has got to be a thing for many Kundalini Yoga teachers where I have taught a class and kind of gone off script because, you know, they give you the script. You're, you're oh, supposed yeah, yeah. to teach the set in order mm-hmm. and for the amount of minutes that are written there. So you're not really making anything up. But there will be things I'd be like, this ain't right. Like, we're not doing wheel right I am now. so happy yeah. that you said that. I do it all the time. Right? I do, yeah. And then sometimes you'd get somebody come to class who you can tell as a teacher and they're all wrapped in white and they'll want to look 
look at your set afterwards. And that's a normal thing. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But they'll want to, and I've been like, like scared sometimes to like show them the set because they're going to see that I didn't do the set exactly like it was written, you know? (laughs) So same, but now I feel like, huh? Yes. Yeah. Like you can actually just flow with it. And again, it's, it's creating that, putting him on this pedestal that only he was allowed to get these downloads saying, oh, right, I should change this or I should change that. And I tell people all the time, like, once I tune in, I don't know the, I don't know what comes out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. I feel as if I'm channeling and it's just, this stuff is coming out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. So everyone can do the same thing. Like I, I forget the name of the Kriya that I just do Kriya for regeneration. And about midway through, you're supposed to go onto a shoulder stand and then start kicking your ass. Oh, yeah. No, and I'm no, like, we're oh, not yeah. doing that. Right. One, because I hate shoulder stand. Yeah. It's one of the, there's actually a scientific <laughs> study that I will share with you so you can put it up in show notes that shows adverse effects of yoga. And it's um, across a whole bunch of different practices from Ashtanga to Shivananda to Iyengar. A whole bunch of different practices were measured. And this mm-hmm. was a study done in, I believe, Germany. Um, and they showed that the injuries that do occur, first of all, occur when there is not a teacher guiding. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's really something to that thing of having a teacher help you um, and not just practicing on your own. And the injuries that did occur were in handstand, headstand, and shoulder stand. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, yeah. there is, yeah, actual scientific research for that. So, I mean, I think, especially in a Kundalini class when there's no preparation for a lot of, at all. Yeah, no, there's these things, you know, but even in a regular class, I think people can be a little more careful about those things. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I'm in classes and they're like, we're going to do headstand, I'm like, yeah, I'll be in child Not class. for me. Um, <laughs> I but- have really short arms have you ever done this headstand test so if you put your arm up by your head and then bend your hand behind your head so you're touching between your shoulder blades with Mm -hmm. your hand the higher up your elbow is above the top of your head the easier it is for you to do a headstand right if it's very close i'm very close yeah i'm very very close as you can see with my koala arms um then it's more difficult and there's more pressure on your cervical spine. Ah. You have to leverage a whole lot more Mm -hmm. to make any space. Now, somebody with a very long arm with an elbow that went up higher than their head is fine. Like John's elbows go way up here Uh when he does this. So um, hard to explain on a podcast. I'm sorry, but maybe we can throw a video in somewhere. You have to like video that and show. I'll take a little picture. Yeah. Yeah, so at that part in the Cree, I just had everyone lie flat on their back and kick their butt. Aha, uh-huh. yeah. You know, that works. Yeah, or on their stomach or on their back to kick their butt. Or yeah, well, I had them lay on their back. Oh, and oh, kick. oh, like it. Okay, yeah, with their legs kind of in the air. Perfect. And, and kick that Adjustment. Way. You but modified I'm like, it. Uh, yeah, but I'm like, I'm not going to make these no. people that probably have never done really a shoulder stand before go into a shoulder stand. Not at all. No, and you you knew because you you practice yoga, but you just knew intuitively too. Yeah. Like I think because there's a lot of Kundalini yoga teachers out there that don't have any vinyasa or you know sort of um, and <laughs> I don't know. But you've taken Kundalini more recently than me, but when I took it, there wasn't anatomy. There right, was. We had a little anatomy, <laughs> but it was like the only thing. Because even when I was thinking of my Kundalini training, I'm like. They're training us. Everything is in manuals. You're training me to read. Right. You know, because it wasn't like. But you have to use the manual. You do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, like the manual is there. Um, and play their they music. They actually, yeah, play their music that you buy. <laughs> they actually told us in the in um, when I got trained that this was a, a thing. They said never trust a Kundalini yoga teacher without their book. Yeah, like you had to have your manual with you. I mean, I've said yeah. that. I've said that in front of class, like as a joke. Like I have my manual. Uh-huh. <laughs> like there anybody out there who's wondering? Like <laughs> it's interesting because I've always been like amazed. The only person I've ever seen teach without a manual is Mahan Rishi. Oh, okay. But he's been teaching Memorized. for a totally. year. Like totally. he just knows it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, how do you remember this? And he was like, it's been like 40 years. Right. Like right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Like there are what like I I can teach the kriya for elevation because I I love that kriya. Mm-hmm. I do. I can do the abundance for sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm always in yeah. there too. I haven't and done everybody that knows. In a while. I think the wake up set. We're kind of nerding out on yeah. <laughs> kriyas right now, but you know that's the thing though. The this the practice is still great. It is great. You know, right. and you can take, like, I'm taking YB out of it. Like, you can do that, and the practice is still great, and it's so exciting, and it can still give me that, like, juice I was talking about, you right, know? Right, right. Yeah. Because it so. is. It's just, it's an energy-based practice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's thousands of years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, this so, is great. Yeah, wait, let me ask you a question. Yes, ask quick, me a question. Before we wrap it up. So, on my podcast, 108 Reasons Not to Do Yoga, because uh-huh. I come up with tons of reasons to, like, not practice and have to force myself to practice, and I'm just really good at avoiding things that are good for me. Same. Um, <laughs> So I try to ask that question, like, you know, is, has there any, ever been anything that has kept you from doing your yoga practice on a regular basis? Like, have you ever felt like quitting or has there been a time where you did kind of wash your hands of it? Uh, well, I think when I first got into it, I was really like, what, what am I doing? You know, and, and, and I've gone that way. And it's interesting. Recently, I found myself so in on July fifth, I stopped smoking weed. Oh, okay. I smoked a lot of weed. Okay. And I, <laughs> Enough. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> you had your and I stopped. And uh-huh. when stopping, I started meditating a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. And then I start doing um, sat katar. Have you ever done this? Mm-hmm. Which is all heart opening. And sat katar means God is the doer. Um, so I started doing that for every day Mm -hmm. with a whole bunch of other things and like just talking to all of my spirit guides and these wizards and all these, you know, things that show up. And then after the new year, I felt like I just had to stop because in a way I felt as if I was going to explode Mm -hmm. and my energy was just so like big so bad yeah that i really didn't even know what to do with all of it and i kind of needed to process it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i pulled back a lot and i still would like sit and like do some meditation and i joke with my best friend mike barata about doing mike barata tm because he's like dude i was reading about tm you just pick a, a mantra i'm like yeah i'm like but they want you to pay like a couple thousand dollars for some <laughs> dude to give you a word right um, and he was like you should try it so then I just started doing that and uh-huh. I just literally like gave that. myself I love that. That's my favorite. But I had to pull back yeah. from doing all of this heart opener kundalini stuff because I just needed to like integrate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know? So that 
you know, was one aspect of it. Interesting. So I'll, I'll use that, yeah. but there's also this other side of it. Um, and it could be because I'm, um, um, aging like a fine wine. I look at a lot of stuff in the yoga world and I'm just like, fuck you guys. I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> you know, like I just don't, I don't, I've had enough. Like I've had enough. I don't care what you can do and if i go to another yoga class and you tell me to inhale my leg up in the air and bring my knee to my elbow one more time <laughs> i'm going to bring my knee to your head <laughs> yeah like that literally stopped me from going to a lot of public classes because mm -hmm. i'm like i can't and not to sound like a goof but i've been doing this a long time i can tell if we're in the middle of class and there is no point for me to be bringing my right knee to my right elbow anymore. Like, we're not warming up. Like, we're not going to be going into some kind of twist, some kind of lunge, some kind but of something. Another lunge? Yeah, I mean, really, though. Yeah. A lot of lunges. And I'm like, okay, guys, cool. There. But obviously, you either didn't figure out, your, you didn't plan your class, yeah. or you got lost. Whatever may happen. Or you're happened. just trying to make us sweat for no reason. Yes, but yeah. don't. Don't. Yeah. Don't make me bring my knee to my elbow again. Yeah. So if you are listening to this, find something new instead of knee to elbow. Yeah, or something old. Like I said, um, yeah, I just... Exactly. I, I just teach the like um, primary series, but like only my classes are an hour long, mm -hmm. so it's not all of it, obviously. So you know we do a little something different every time, but it's just those poses. I don't do all the like kicking in between with the legs up in the air and all that stuff. We pivot our feet and switch. It's very very simple. Mm -hmm. um, it's very challenging to do that, but I feel like you can keep it like that. And people often just say like, "Wow, you know, like that was the most instruction I've ever gotten." in a class, you know, cause yeah. you can, you can just, you're not just doing all this stuff that makes no sense. Right. You know, it's just some really basic practices from something that's very, a template that's very old. Mm -hmm. It's not modernized or like any kind of yoga that's going on right now. That's like popular somewhere. It's, you know, it's kind of boring actually. But good. It's yes. Formed. In a way. Like I love like, going to a class. I'm like, Oh, that was such like an informed yeah. class. Right. Exactly. You know, so I think that's really important. And I loved what you said, too, about sometimes looking around because I feel like that all the time where I'm just like, I don't want anything to do with everything that's going on. And I've been kind of in the middle of it. But like even when Dhyana Yoga was like super popular and we had like multiple locations and it was sort of at its peak and all that, like I was never I never felt like I was on the inside of the like cool club of yoga, you know, like those people were always around, but I was never really in that, you know, I was, I was not really the one I wasn't like hanging out with them or they would all go to like certain bars or certain, you know, play all, like, all together all the time. I was always sort of on the periphery of that. And I think overall there's something maybe you and I kind of share is like, I don't like joining things. Yeah. I am not a joiner. I, I don't like signing on 100% for anybody's anything. Yeah, I can't. Do Whether that. it's like a religion <laughs> or, you know, or like a job where you just have to toe the line or like yoga, you know, I'm just, I never joined the Kundalini club 100%. And I had a teacher tell me once, listen, you're really good. If you wrapped a turban, you'd be famous. A teacher literally told me that, Try, you know, was mm -hmm. and meant it in a very like they meant it as a compliment right it's distorted it's really distorted and i remember sitting with that like they're like think about it you know you could really and like that but it never like i didn't want to do that i did i, did, I wasn't seek mm -hmm. i wasn't going to become seek i knew right. that 
you know? Um, so I think that's a big thing that like is what I'm trying to figure out on my podcast is like, why? Like, why does it seem like everybody else is like totally down with everything? And I'm always like forcing myself onto the mat, you know, <laughs> or you do hear people who are like, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm going to, you know, what is it that some of us struggle mm-hmm. with, you know, the whole yoga thing? And I think, you know, maybe like you touched on a part of it for me. I'm just trying to figure out you know, what it is. Well, I think sometimes it, 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 it is. It's that, like, I always felt forever like I've been a little bit of an outsider mm-hmm. because I don't want to follow along. Me too. Like, I can't, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't follow. And if you're telling me <laughs> to follow this way, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. If, it's if, called oppositional defiant disorder. <laughs> that's me. That, that is, that, that's all me. If you're, and OGD. part of it, part of it may be, you know, like being, my parents left the Catholic church and became evangelical mm. born again Christians when I was in third grade. And I remember the first day we went and seeing, you know, it was cool when the band played. Because I'm like, yes. oh, there's a band. This is great. Yes. And then once... They're called, the... like, the Brothers of Joy or something. <laughs> like, there's... Yeah. I don't even know if they <laughs> had a name. Yeah. But I was in third grade. And I'm uh-huh. like, these guys are great. This is awesome. There's a guitar and, like, drums. Like, this is neat. <laughs> and then once the pastor got up and started talking, I remember, like, what is... What is what? Yeah, what? No. All your friends are going to hell yeah. unless they're in this room. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> just something, you know, mm-hmm. could be my Pisces-ness. Like, oh, no, I can't buy into this. Pisces, yeah, I can't. And now, like, I watch people, and I think also from being in this world for so long, like, I see patterns with people, like from other people, and I see people falling into those patterns. And then I want, and I'm like, what's going to happen in five years from now? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen in ten years from now? Like, and here in this whole Yogi Bhajan thing, like, what now? What happens to all of these people that just had the rug pulled out from them because they put this human on a pedestal? Mm-hmm. Like, what what happens? Where do they go? And it's traumatic. Like, it is a traumatic experience that yeah. everyone that has really been in there is now going to have to deal with and deal with like how you're saying like we can't just say he is an okay he did some great things you but he was a sexual predator yeah, yeah. he cooked a good meal yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. like what what would you do you know and is it part of it because of the society that we can have a president mm. that we can be like oh well let's look at all the good things right so yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's no good things about him, but yes, no, in, in yeah, any yeah, other yeah. example, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would say. So I, I think things that make, yeah. yeah, yeah, and a lot of it is just myself that makes me not want mm-hmm. to go, and I would rather just roll my mat out at my house and do my own thing, yeah, because I know I can do some spinal flexes yeah. and some twists. And then if I want to do a down dog, I can. And right. if I want to break those rules and do a little bit of Kundalini exactly. and a little bit of Asana, I can. Yeah. You know, and I know that the world is not going to implode upon itself <laughs> because some human not said... not going to deactivate right. your Kundalini. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it, it's me. And I, I don't know. It's just I've never been a follower. I can't. Yeah. It almost breaks my heart to see people give their power away. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and just to be like, happens. this is the way... Yeah, because you're gonna have to figure out. You're gonna have to figure it out yourself anyway. Yeah, something's gonna happen. Yeah, and you're gonna have to. Yeah. Look at yourself. So can I ask you one more question? Yeah, of course. Um, 
if you know if you can put it into a word or a phrase then through all the harder times and the tough times and the times like today that give us pause if there is one reason that you keep going with yoga and all of these things that come from yoga that we're doing what would that one reason be what keeps you going how can i say this it connects me to the god within it connects me to my higher self. It connects me. It reminds me that I am an infinite creative being. And it reminds me that I am my teacher, that I don't need someone else to tell me what to do, how to act, what prayers to say, what to do. It, it gives me the strength and the courage to be my true self all of the time. Oh, that's so beautiful. And you, like, you really are, you know, like, I look in your <laughs> eyes and Thanks. I really see it. And I've known you so long, you know, and like, you really have just let that happen. You know, You're, but it was a lot because yeah. I didn't, you yeah, know, and I was afraid so of a lot. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but my <laughs> wife is all of this. Well, my ex-wife is all of these things. And, you know, why are you doing that? And now I'm like, oh, no, right. This is why. Yeah. You know, but it was growth and practice. It's a practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to practice. Yeah, you put it in. Totally. Thank you so much for uh, <laughs> talking with uh, me. Yeah. It's been a pleasure spending the day with you. Yeah, so much fun. <laughs> and everyone can find your podcast, which is called 108 Reasons Not, not to, do to Do Yoga. Yeah. And it's on <laughs> all, it all. I'll link it in the show notes as well. Thank you. And you're going to put this also on your show. Yes. So this is like a dual. And, and the title of your podcast is? Inspired Creativity. Inspired Creativity. <laughs> Great. To remind you all that you're inspiring and creative. <laughs> awesome. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, have a great day. Go out there and be inspiring. Knock the guru off the pedestal. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs>